Hello library patrons, Mike here from the North Riverside Library. On this week's episode of the Tech Team Podcast, we're taking a deep dive into something that we all do all the time, but rarely put much thought into, which is browsing the web. Join Sarah and I as we discuss our web browsing habits and our favorite tips and tricks. Plus, we've got Marla's Makerspace Minute, and we revisit the YouTube Hall of Fame, starting right now. Um, so, this is most likely our last Tech Team podcast of the season, and uh, this is a special uh, uh, two-person podcast, just me and you, Sarah, because Marla is on assignment at the library, so, <clears throat> but we will be hearing from her a little later in the Makerspace Minute, but uh, for today, it's Chrome for the Holidays an episode all about web browsing. Uh, this is something we've uh, had on the back burner for a little while. Ties into my um, earlier theory that um, web browsing on the desktop is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, we're talking mostly here about um, personal, your personal use web browsing. This is not a work-related episode. Um, I think it would be a, a, a little fun and a little instructive to just kind of talk about our usual web browsing routines. We can give any tips and tricks that we use to make web browsing more pleasant. How about I go first, Tara? Go for it, Mike. Take it away. Thank you. Um, so, of course, like uh, about um, 90% of web browsing users, I use a Chrome browser, even though I'm kind of have a love-hate relationship with it. It dominates the web browsing market to an unhealthy degree, but also seems to just kind of work the best. You don't have to fuss with it very much. <laughs> so so uh, slightly regrettably, Chrome is where it's at. Chrome for the holidays. And I kind of have a routine almost, uh, almost every day when I fire up the old web browser it usually goes something like this. Uh, you go to Gmail first. Got to check those emails first thing. Not the hugest fan of Gmail, actually. I, I've, I've never really liked the interface on it. Um, and I can't tell you exactly why that is. It just feels kind of clunky for something that so many people use every day. I don't know if you feel the same way, but um, I always just kind of... The uh, which update do you mean? The Gmail like update. Like when they sort of refreshed it maybe a year or so ago, and uh, I guess they were trying to sort of clear the clutter, increase the white space, and all of that. Uh, and I do appreciate a little minimal vibe, but um, I don't know. Does this bother anybody else that when you when you open Gmail, it doesn't just open? You know, it's like you got to see the little envelope logo and it takes like a few seconds before everything is actually clickable um i just feel like you know email is like such an old system old web standard and it should be like just instantaneous because it's such a simple protocol and yet they've made gmail so bloated over the years added all this extra stuff you know like 
when they would try to put chatting in there and Google Meet is now prominent in the Gmail and there's like a little tab on the side that has calendar and, and Google Keep and tasks and all. And it's just like, come on, Google, just give, just give me simple email. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I'm just a complainer when it comes to that sort of thing. But what else am I going to do? Not use Gmail? So, um, so Gmail, clear that out. Then um, there's basically only like two websites that I must see every day. And that would be the ESPN website to catch up on what's going on in the wide world of sports. And also TheVerge.com. Shout out The Verge. We talk about them a lot on this show. Um but uh, that gets you all the tech news, and it's 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 really true that if I just spend like 15 minutes in the morning looking at those two sites, I can get everything that I want to be caught up on, and be just done for the day. Um, of course, I don't usually stop there, but I could, I really could. Next up, gotta go to your RSS reader. I've I've talked about Feedbin before, but I love Feedbin RSS reader. It's wonderful for um catching all the stories from all of the smaller websites and blogs that I like to follow. So I'll go there, spend a few minutes there catching up on um, anything that was written the day before that I want to see. Um, if I can't read it really quick, I go to my next uh, my next site, which is um, Pocket. Are you familiar with Pocket, Sarah? No, I'm not. Pocket? Okay, so um, Pocket is, uh, let's say, one of the original Read It Later um, web apps. Uh, you've, for a long time, you've had um, basically Pocket, and another one is Instapaper. Um, very similar, um, and they're just they're just web apps that you you can save any articles or anything from the web that you want to read later, but you don't have time for right now. You just save it there, and it will um, take those articles clean them up into a simplified you know text view um there's an extension I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute where you can just quickly save it by just clicking the button on your browser to save what what you're looking at to pocket and then you can go to pocket later check it out this is probably the the one website or web app, <clears throat> web app extension whatever that i've been using for the longest time i've probably been using it for like 10 years which is just an eternity in internet time um, so once I've gone through ESPN, The Verge, gone through my RSS feeds, then anything that I didn't have time for is saved over in Pocket, so I can check that out later. Let's see, what else? Got to check the weather. Uh, I still go to the Dark Sky website, even though I'm still mad at them for becoming an Apple exclusive, but their website still works on the desktop, so... Uh, I find they have the most detailed weather info. And you know I like to get all the weather info so I can come to work and complain about the weather. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so as you can see, um, it's a lot of news. These are all just mainly news, sports news, tech news, um, weather. Um, and that's kind of where it ends usually, but let's say they're – I didn't feel like there was enough news that day, or if I'm just feeling a little bored and I want a little bit more, I have two more sites that I will occasionally go to, um, or if I'm just trying to maybe like waste a little time. Um, one is called Hacker News, which is um, basically a big message board. It's been around forever. 
seems to be populated mostly with people who work in the tech industry. Um, so you'll get like a lot of boring, uh, like technical info there, but you'll also get, um, like a sort of wide variety of just interesting sort of internet related stories will pop up in there. So sometimes it's fun to just kind of spontaneously find a few extra things to read or to look at. And uh, last but not least, there's good old Reddit. Uh, I still look at that every once in a while for really uh, niche content. Like um, if I'm just really bored, I can go over to like, hey, let's look at the you know, 80s design subreddit or something, <laughs> you know, just um, to goof around for a little while, waste a little time. But that's those are not every day. Since we're talking about Chrome, uh, we can't leave out extensions. Extensions are great for modifying the way that your browser works. Uh, I don't use a lot, but I do rely on a few of them. First up, got to block ads. Am I right, Sarah? You got to. You got to. Uh, my favorite web. Uh, yeah. Now, who wants to look at ads all day? Have you seen what a website, what your average website looks like with ads? It looks like such trash. <laughs> <laughs> if there's anybody out there who's still not blocking ads, just what are you doing? Um, the best one that I like, I like. The, there's a lot of them that you can choose from, but I like one called You Block Origin, which is a uh, convoluted name, but um it's 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 really good i find that it's the one that also runs the most um uh efficiently it doesn't add a lot of extra memory to chrome which already eats up a lot of memory um so it's important also that you look for the one that says ublock origin there's another one called ublock but that's like not related it's really good and it pretty much you don't have to do anything to it you just install it and it just just works um, I use another one called Shut Up, which hides comments on uh, almost any website. Um, I love it because internet comments are the worst, and it just—it's another. Oh, it's so good! It's so good. And what's what's um what's really cool is it it just adds a little button, you know, to your 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 toolbar. And if you do want to see comments, you just click the button and it will show you you know, it'll bring them back. But by default, it just hides them everywhere. And I got to say, it makes makes reading um, like news stories and stuff a lot uh, less stressful when you know that there's not going to be <laughs> just the worst comments at the world <laughs> at the end of the article. Um, I mentioned before, Pocket, you got to use the, the official save to Pocket extension so you can quickly save your articles, come back to later. And Oh, um, I don't go look at Twitter often. I really try to stay off of it as much as possible because I think we've said before, Twitter is <laughs> a cesspool. Um, <laughs> but occasionally you see uh, uh, maybe like a uh, somebody links to a, a tweet. You want to go see like a video or something. And uh, there's an extension called Minimal Twitter, which... Um, it just it just strips out all the extra stuff from Twitter, so you don't get all of the hundred annoying things on both sidebars. You just get the main Twitter feed with like nothing else. So um, that comes in handy on the rare occasion that I do pop over to Twitter for some reason. 
So not a lot. Uh, I used to I used to have like a ton of extensions on there, but it turns out you don't really need that many. Um, let's see what else. Uh, I also recommend that you just kind of go through the whole Chrome settings every once in a while, um, just to make sure, um, particularly in like the the security and privacy section. Just make sure that you've got everything set up the way that you want, because even though it's Google Chrome browser and they obviously do a lot of tracking and whatnot, they do give you a surprising amount of control over things like cookies, third-party cookies, all of that stuff. So every once in a while, kind of do a little audit of your whole settings. It just takes a minute. Just make sure that you've got all of the sliders turned turned up to maximum privacy protection. I think uh, this is a good idea. And the only other thing I'm going to say about web browsing, Sarah, is that I absolutely hate having a bunch of tabs open. I, I don't know what's what's wrong with these people who have 100 tabs open all the time. Oh, um, I know. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. So I, it, once I get more than like three or four, I get anxious. I have to go close some of those up, um, you know. If you turn Chrome on, your computer's fans are probably already spinning trying to keep up. So don't overdo it with adding more tabs uh, to the process. Don't be a tab hoarder, I say. And don't be any kind of hoarder. They did a whole show on that. <laughs> and uh, those, that's about it for my web browsing tips. Uh, I... Um, I like to see what other people, um, how they go about their whole web browser setup. So I'll be curious to hear um, what you've got, Sarah. Well, this is going to be really interesting because I don't really web browse that much. I'm more of a, you know, for shame, a phone user. I, I do most of my web browsing on my phone with apps. <laughs> Um, so when I'm on the desktop, it's kind of, uh, well, what I'm doing is a little bit different than what I'm doing on my phone, but not really. I mean, it's just, uh, I have a different setup. So basically, like you said, Mike, I, uh, if I'm on my desktop, I'm going to Gmail first. I'm checking my Gmail accounts. I have three different ones to check. Um, one of them is for work, but the other two are just personal. And I, I have it separated between one Gmail account that I use for all my social media accounts and one that I use for personal, which helps keep it uh, separate that way. So um, my personal email isn't claw like cluttered with, uh, you know, Instagram updates or whatever. <laughs> that's um, really that's really smart. <laughs> thank you um and then i if i'm on the desktop um it usually means that i've got some work to do <laughs> so uh i use google docs and that whole system for just about anything uh funny story actually today um i interviewed for a different position at uh, the other library that i work at and part of the interview was a computer skills test where I had to, um, like, make an Excel spreadsheet and make a Word doc, just, like, basic stuff. But I didn't – I don't have Microsoft at all. I have a Mac 
So it, um, I don't have Microsoft. Uh, but I was able to work around the whole thing and use Google Docs for everything, um, which was really great. And I don't think the person interviewing me even thought of. So extra points for Sarah. Um, <laughs> and it was totally free and it's saved. I mean, I, I could sing the praises of Google Docs for ever. It got me through uh, my entire education, honestly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I owe my entire degree to Google and Google Docs. Google Docs really is uh, kind of kind of amazing um, when you think about it that um, as much as I as much as I like the traditional Microsoft Office line of programs, it's kind of remarkable that they have, you know, this alternative on the web that is, you know, like you said, you can pretty much do all of the same stuff with it, and it's free. So for for all of the uh, for all of the smack I talk about <laughs> Google sometimes, um, Google Docs is kind of a miracle. So, um, I, I, I hear you there, Sarah. Yeah, it's it's my favorite, honestly, for note taking, for essay writing, for everything. Um, so if there are any students out there and you're, you know, using your school's free <laughs> Microsoft, just don't, <laughs> just don't, just g- transfer to Google Docs. You'll be so much happier, I promise. <laughs> so I spend a lot of time. Um, if I'm on the desktop on the Kindle Cloud Reader, I uh, and the reason for this was especially when I was um, a student, a, an English student, I would have the ebook, um, like I would read the ebook on the train, I would read the ebook wherever, right? And then I would take my notes that I made on the ebook and then I would write them, I would type them out to have for class. So I used, I relied on Kindle Cloud Reader heavily for the notes, for the highlighting, um, and to be able to transfer those into a, a form that I could take to class with me. It, I And also, I use Kindle Cloud Reader just to read for fun a lot of the time. But again, if um, I have a lot of tips for students and their web browsing, but if you're a student, I highly recommend getting whatever book you have to read in ebook version and using the Kindle Cloud Reader to organize your notes. It's um it's really easy, it's portable, like you can take it anywhere, access it anywhere, and uh it's pretty discreet too. So if you want to do some low key reading, I mean I've been guilty of that more than once. <laughs> it's surprising to me that you use the Kindle Cloud Reader so much because one of the things that people would always say is that um, they don't like reading you know, long-form things like books um, on a computer screen. But um, like you, you do it all the time. It doesn't oh, seem to bother I, you. I do it all the time. No, I like – I kind of like – I mean, I – I don't do it on a white background with black text. That really bothers my eyes. But if you do it on a black background, I think it's a lot easier on the, you know, the peepers. And it's, um, I kind of just zone out and read. And it's kind of some of the best reading I do is on the desktop, to be honest. Um, <laughs> more so than what, with a physical book, which I'm ashamed to say, like, uh, yeah. Um, I read Moby Dick mostly on the desktop. 
So anyway, it's um, unusual, but it works for you. It does work for me. Um, and Kindle Cloud Reader is good because you can change the settings and change the the size of the font, change the color, move all of that around. Uh, and when you do it, I I, I don't know. It, ma- it makes it easier to read more so than like um, <laughs> more so than uh, the what am I trying to say? The overdrive, you know what I'm talking about, Mike? The like reading on the desktop in overdrive. It's it's easier, I guess. Um, along with all that reading I do, I'm also constantly on Goodreads and Overdrive Media on Demand because um, I like to keep track of my reading. And one of my favorite things to do on the desktop that I find myself spending way too much time doing is um, scrolling through Media on Demand and seeing what eBooks I can place on hold. <laughs> I spend hours looking <laughs> at like, their curated collections, what people are reading. There's this like fun little feature where you can um, click on and see in real time what people have downloaded. I spend way too much time doing that. I don't recommend it unless you're as book obsessed as I am, but Goodreads is a great website. I prefer Goodreads on the desktop rather than on the mobile app. It's one of the few apps that I can say that about Um, just because it's a better experience. You can get to the, you can use all the extensions and, and, um, all the other features that Goodreads have besides just like logging your books way easier on the desktop. They haven't really figured that out on mobile yet. Um, so you can mm-hmm. see what other people are reading based on the re- book that you were looking at, like other similar books. Um, you can see the ratings and the reviews much easier. You can really engage in the social tab with it if you're, you know, <clears throat> into that much easier um yeah definitely it's like i always say web browsing on the desktop is pretty good <laughs> it is pretty good I'm not, you know what when it comes to goodreads you're absolutely right about that um so uh, as far as extensions that i use i have a basic ad blocker i, I use ad blocker plus i don't know mike if i i really don't know anything about like the rankings of different ad blockers it's just the one that works for me that i happen to have i don't know if you know mike whether or not this one is good or bad um but i use um, a ad blocker. i don't i don't, have any I don't know anything about that one specifically the one of the reasons i like the one that i use is because uh of course because it's an open source project um <laughs> and you know i'm a big fan uh, of that and also um the 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 person who makes the uBlock origin is very active on um, keeping everyone informed about the way that Google Chrome's extension um, policies work and um, there's there's actually like a, a bit of an ongoing controversy about um, <clears throat> the way that the way that Chrome extension permissions um are going to be updated to work uh here coming soon could um really hamper the ability of uh ad blocking extensions to work effectively and um this this person who works on on the uBlock origin keep kind of kind of keeps everyone um up to date about it and um 
it's a little it's a little worrisome. I I, I gotta say, um, if it turns out to be uh, as big of a problem as some people think that it might be when they whenever they do make this 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 update, then um, uh, I think that's gonna be the day, Sarah, that I have to switch back to Firefox. Oh my. <laughs> Hopefully it's not as bad as people think. You know, I think people tend to um, overestimate danger and trouble sometimes. So maybe it's not going to be that bad. You never know. I mean, maybe not. They've been talking about it for like a year or so, like how this is going to be, you know, the, the end of ad blocking. And so far we haven't seen seen that, that happen, but uh, something to, you know, keep an eye on. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know if my ad blocker, which I use Adblocker Plus, um, I don't know if that's going to be affected or if it's open source or what. It's just the one that works for me. I probably should be more informed <laughs> uh, when it comes to it. But I, I I, think I just picked the extension with the best reviews. Yeah. Um, well, as so, long as it works for you. Yeah, it works. I, I hardly see any ads except for, you know, the occasional ones that slip through. Um. I also use Grammarly for Chrome, um, mostly when I was writing essays for school, but every once in a while, it really comes in handy if you're writing an, a fancy email, you know, to, to someone important or uh, something like that where you want to really check up your grammar. I like Grammarly. It's um can be a little bit invasive, like they're a little bit in your face about uh, fixing your mistakes and... and uh, they don't always understand nuance the way artificial intelligence often doesn't. Um, but I, it helped me a lot when I was like heavy in the essay writing season, which for a lot of students, if you're out there listening to this, uh, is coming up soon. So I rec- really recommend Grammarly for Chrome. It'll check your emails. It'll check uh, your Google Docs. Um, I think it'll only work on Google Doc. You can't. I don't know. If, anything about using Grammarly for like Microsoft or anything like that. I'm sure you can figure that out. Um, again, I only use Google Docs. People say it's really good. It is really good. I, th- I find it a little bit like in your face sometimes, like they really want you to correct your mistakes, man. <laughs> They're really uh, a little bit like Clippy used to be when back in those days. Mm-hmm. Oh, Clippy. Who, who doesn't remember <laughs> Clippy? Yeah, Clippy was in your face about it. Uh, Grammarly can be a little bit like that too, but not 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 as bad. Um, but it, it it's uh, it it's really helpful. And they give you like a score. You get an email, and you get this score of like how how many big words you used and how like well you did with your grammar. It's it you know makes it kind of interactive and fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gamification um, they call it. Yeah. I also, for whatever reason, have an Instagram direct message extension on my uh, Chrome browser. What? I what is that? Really... So you you can see and um, thanks to a new update, you can so send it, it really works to send whatever Web page you're looking at to someone um, through Instagram direct messages. Or send them an image, right? But you can also open your direct messages and type and send one on Instagram without having to go. Because Instagram on the desktop sucks. 
It's horrible. <laughs> it's really the only phone app. But, you know what? Um, you're you're correct on that one. As much as I, I like web browsing on the desktop, that is something where they clearly just do not care about making the Instagram website <laughs> work well at all. Oh, they don't care at all because it's like one of the more like grating experiences of being uh never if you even if you're curious, never go on Instagram on the web browser because it's <laughs> it's off. Um so if you don't want to do that and have to like deal with maneuvering through Instagram. You can download this extension. It's just called uh, Instagram DMs and you can send uh, DMs that way. I sometimes I'm the, the reason I downloaded this is because sometimes I'm um, trying to take a social media break from like consuming Instagram so much Instagram can eat up a lot of my time I get really hooked on like all the pretty pictures but um so when I'm taking a break but I still want to be aware of my DMs and because I I have some friends and stuff where we only message each other on Instagram um or sometimes like my sister will send me something and I won't see it for months you know like you just there's things that you don't necessarily want to miss but you don't necessarily want to be on the site all the time. Uh, this extension helped with that a lot. It helped uh, me keep on top of my DMs, be aware of them without having to like give up so much of my time to Instagram as you often do. Um, so if anyone's ever taking a social media break or anything like that, like Mike mentioned his uh, minimal Twitter, um, this also works for people trying to be more minimal and uh, conscious, uh, you know, about their Instagram consumption. Huh. And, All right. Yeah. And uh, the only other extension that I've been using as of recently, which I think during this pandemic that we're all going through, especially the way it's looking lately, might be really helpful, is a teleparty, which is um, basically like Netflix party or Disney plus uh, Hulu. I think you can use it on a bunch of websites where you can uh, get a bunch of people together and um, sort of watch the same thing at the same time as a little party remotely. Um, I've been using this with my friends and it's been, it works really well. You, there's a chat feature that you can look at and like message each other during whatever you're watching. Um, Everyone has control over the pause, the play button, which is nice. Uh, yeah, it, it it's a, a good one to look into if you're looking to have a movie night with friends, um, even though you can't really get together. Yeah, this whole um, <clears throat> movie watching um, remotely thing is kind of really hot in the streets right now <laughs> during this whole uh, pandemic stay at home situation. Yeah, it, it's one of the few things you can do, you know, and it's better than just like an endless Skype conversation or, or FaceTime conversation or whatever it is. Cause you don't have to talk. You don't have to keep each other entertained. You can just watch something together, which is often really nice. Yeah. It's like a little bringing back a little bit of community there. Yeah. Ah, well that's, that was very interesting, Sarah. Thanks for uh, participating. It's not often that you get to have a little window into uh, uh, somebody's, you know, web browsing routine. Hopefully others will find that interesting as well. 
And uh, for right now, we'll take a little break from Marla's Makerspace Minute. So I'm so sorry that I can't be there with you guys this week, um, but I'm still here to give you my Makerspace Minute update. Um, so if you guys saw my Makerspace Monday this past week, I used the Cricut machine to address envelopes, which was something that many people didn't know that the Cricut machine could do. So that was really interesting and I was really happy to show people um, something that the Makerspace could do besides just cutting and engraving and doing stuff like that. Um, so it kind of showed more of a broader sense of the Makerspace and how people can use it for just about anything. Um, so this week, I'm going to go back to what my last Makerspace Minute said. Um, we did have a closure, so I wasn't able to do my last idea, um, which was the laser pecker, um, which I still can't say with a straight face. I don't know who thought it was a good idea to name any machine a laser pecker. <laughs> um, <laughs> but here we are. Um, so I'm going to use that and I have a flask at home and I think I'm gonna try to use it to engrave a flask and see if that'll make a really nice gift for somebody because I'm kind of on a holiday gift idea kick um, and I might even go a little after the holidays because Christmas doesn't really stop the holiday season for a lot of people. Um, and then you have people like me and one of my children who have birthdays after Christmas, like his birthday's the 28th and mine's the 31st. My birthday's New Year's Eve. So like the holiday season goes on for a couple weeks after Christmas for us. So I'm gonna keep going with the gift giving for a little bit um, because I just think that, especially in times like these, the gift giving, the frugal, just paying it forward kind of mentality, um, the just being really generous mentality um, is just something that's really brightening up people's lives right now. Um, so I'm just going to kind of keep this theme going. I'm really enjoying it. And we're back. Uh, so, also, since Marla couldn't be here, but she always has something to say about her friend Jeff Bezos, uh, she really wanted us to mention this this Bezos meme that she sent us. This is bad radio. We're going to do a little verbal meme here. Um, Sarah, do you want to try to explain this, this uh, what is this screenshot that, that Marla sends over? Yeah. So, um, basically, what we're looking at here, folks, is a <laughs> text... Um, I'm not going to say exchange. It's a chain of messages from somebody to somebody else. Um, there's no response, but it's basically, I mean, I can just read it if that's okay with you, Mike. <laughs> yes, this is a riveting radio. Let's do it. <laughs> Let me read a meme. <laughs> um, so the person says, uh, what's stopping Jeff Bezos from being Santa? He has our addresses. He has drones. 
He has a wish list and intimate knowledge of our habits. He is specifically making the choice to not be Santa. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, spot the lie. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He has the means, you know. He can stuff. <laughs> As a matter of fact, why am I buying things from Amazon when Jeff Bezos should just give it to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder how long he could go with just giving away anything on Amazon before he would even notice it. I bet for a while. Have you seen the, the pile of rice? You, you've seen that, right? What, what is this now? The pile of rice. Uh, no, I haven't seen this. What is this? Oh, it's uh, another verbal meme. <laughs> it's basically like a video. I don't know if it's a TikTok or what not, but it's a, it shows you like, this is a hundred grains of rice. This is a thousand grains of rice. And then it, they're like palmfuls of rice or little bowls of rice or whatever. And then it's like, this is how much money Jeff Bezos has. And it is a, like basically a bed full of rice it is so much rice it is a ridiculous amount of rice where it's like incomprehensible so oh 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 my goodness well capitalism folks ain't it great (laughs) (laughs) um well uh this has been fun sarah but before we get out of here do you want to throw another couple videos into the youtube hall of fame yeah let's go for it all right. Um, did you have a chance to see this uh, this this clip that I submitted for consideration? Oh yeah. Which is called. Um, let me let me pull this up here. This is the, the links for these will be in the uh, in the show description. So this clip is called <laughs> "Waiting for a Star to Fall," a tribute to '80s entertainment. Um, <laughs> and it's just a it's just a montage of scenes from from um, 80s movies and TV and, and so forth, um, set to this uh, really, like, amazingly cheesy song that is um, uh, probably, like, the most, like, song that, like, you know, somebody's mom would like in the 80s. But it's also, like, super catchy, and every time I see this video, I can't get it out of my head for days. <laughs> and... <laughs> It's just it's just everything. It's like everything that you kind of remember from the 80s all in this one clip. That's about four minutes. It's great. Um, the reason that I picked this for YouTube Hall of Fame, sir, I don't want to get off on a rant here, but um, this video uh, reminds me again of my classic uh, contrarian take that actually the monoculture is good. And... <laughs> <laughs> See if you can stay with me on this. This this might not make a lot of sense, but I need to get this take out. Um, so what stands out to me about this this little montage here is, despite the fact that I probably have, as much as I claim to be like a big fan of 80s culture and whatnot, I probably have only seen like half of the the movies or shows that are referenced in this clip and yet i know what all of them are whether i've whether i've actually seen them or not i know instantly what all of these things are you know like like i don't know if i've ever even seen ghostbusters from start to finish but it's instantly recognizable when you see a clip from that and 
my argument is basically that it's kind of a good thing when when everyone sort of knows what all of the popular things are. We all kind of agree that all of these things are fun or cool or whatever. I think, you know, obviously these days we live in a very polarized, divided time. And I think we don't have we don't have this, you know, because because of whatever it is, because of the Internet, because of, you know, paradox of choice, all of that. There's just not a lot that everyone is familiar with. Uh, whether any of this stuff is good, bad, super cheesy, uh, if it's critically good or not, everyone knew what it was. So we just had a frame of reference, um, you know, a a united frame of reference. Am I making any sense here, Sarah? Yeah, I think what you're saying is that in um, having this sort of lexicon or canon of things that we're all familiar with and we all know we can all recognize it kind of is an equalizer in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Right. It was is that, exactly. It was something that could, that everybody could, could be like on a level playing field about is that just, we all know who, who this, who these people are. We all know what this stuff is. I don't think you can say that now. I mean, not hardly a day goes by that someone doesn't mention, uh, something they saw or a, a song or something. And I'm just like, I have, I have no idea what the heck that is. I've never heard of it, <laughs> you know? And um, I feel like that didn't happen then. Um, and I think it would be, it, it would be nice if we could, um, if we could all like have some sort of common frame of reference. Um, that's, that's my take. Also another thing that this is unrelated to that, but something that, I just think it's kind of funny is um, uh, from what I remember, I know I was a young child in the the 80s, but from what I remember, everyone thought all of this stuff was just super fun. (laughs) We just thought every movie was really fun, regardless of if it was meant to be fun or not. And I think of this because there's a clip in here uh, from the movie Fatal Attraction which is um, like this like dark thriller that's also like highly problematic by today's standards. <laughs> but um, like that clip pops up and you just, you just remember people being like, Oh man, fatal attraction. That was so awesome. That lady boiled that rabbit, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like it just, whatever it was, whatever movie it was, we just thought it was the most fun thing that we all got to see it. <laughs> Um, I think that may be why uh, people are so particularly nostalgic for that era, is it just seemed like everything was just just wild. Um, so that's why I'm nominating this clip for my own personal YouTube Hall of Fame. And I hope that you enjoyed it as well. I really did. It, you know what? I didn't live through the 80s, but watching this clip kind of felt like I was there. <laughs> it's really accurate. And what's crazy is that I didn't look through the 80s. I haven't seen the majority of the stuff on there, but I could recognize a lot of it. So I think exactly, it's still right. Yeah, I could recognize a lot of it. Like uh, Lionel Richie. I've never seen that music video, but I knew right away what song it was, you know? That's it's one of those things uh, where, like you, you said, you didn't even live through that. But 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 that's how like long lasting the influence was. Um 
that that you recognize and i feel like um the 80s were unique in that way i feel like the 60s were also like that um when you grew up in like the 80s or early 90s you, you were just always hearing about the 60s and 60s stuff was just everywhere and you know like the beatles it just seemed like they were just just as present as they had always been um and i guess uh i just i just like that it's like common ground yeah. Um, now I've seen you, the clip, this clip that that you posted. Um, I've seen it before, but <laughs> it's it's another classic. Um, why don't you tell us about this? Oh, this, this is one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. So basically, oh, first, uh, what's it called? What's the what is this clip called? Uh, bloopers baked in a buttery flaky crust. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> it, it looks like. Um, the film shoot for must be like a local commercial or something. And there's this elderly couple trying to deliver the lines of the, that they're supposed to. And, but the gentleman cannot remember to say the words baked in a buttery flaky crust. (laughs) And at first it's like, okay, you know, regular bloopers, but it goes on for so long. He just cannot get it out. Uh, it's, it's just the more like if you sit it down and watch the whole thing, I promise you, you'll work yourself up into a, at least a chuckle. You know, it's one of the it's funniest so things good. I've ever seen. It's so good. It's so good. And the way he says buttery, it's like <laughs> it, every time I cannot hear the word buttery without hearing this buttery, buttery, <laughs> hearing this man in my head. Um, and then his oh. his wife. Gets frustrated with him at one point but then she can't say the line it's so mad she gets so mad at him and then it's her turn and she's like uh it's great i you know you need to laugh especially uh during these trying times right now you need a a a good pick-me-up during this cold winter watch this video it i guarantee you you'll laugh i guarantee it <laughs> I love how he keeps he keeps substituting crispy crust instead of flaky crust. He gets really stuck <laughs> on that. Oh. Well, it goes on much longer than you think it will, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's so happy when 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 the wife messes it up too after she's yeah. been giving him such a hard time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's it's great. It's, it's really classic YouTube here. Classic, yeah. classic YouTube fun. Thanks, folks. This is uh, going to be our last episode of the holiday season. We'll be uh, looking at some new fun topics after the new year. Hope everyone has a safe and happy holidays. And uh, do you have any last words for us, Sarah? Um, only to, you know, keep it spicy, folks. <laughs> Still keeping it spicy. Keep it spicy. As we head towards 2021. And remember, folks, if it's not accessible to the poor, it is neither radical nor revolutionary. Ooh, that's a good one, Mike. That's right, Sarah. Resist. Heck yeah, I like this. I like this mic. <laughs> <laughs>